Greetings and uh, welcome to the FBC Global Church Podcast. Uh, we're the Global Missions Pastors, um, Scott and Jim. And uh, it's it's Jim. It's been a while since we've uh, gotten together and had a po- had a podcast. It has. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's been been probably a month or so. We've um, we've had the opportunity of continuing to visit with people on Monday mornings from different parts of the world, Latin America, Asia, Africa. And um, so this morning we have with us Simon Yako and Joshua Yakubu from Nigeria. And so we're happy to have some special time with these guys this morning. Yeah, so Simon, let's, uh, let's start with you. Um, a couple weeks ago, um, you sent us uh, an email that uh, contained urgent prayer requests yeah. Uh, for just some devastating things that happened to some of your missionary families and family past, uh, pastor, families of pastors. Um, tell us about what took place and, uh, and just where, what all is being done now and, and uh, where, just where things are at. Yeah. Uh, good uh, morning you all and uh, we are really very grateful to the Lord and I just want to use this time to thank you for praying for us here in Nigeria and for all that is happening with us here. I believe that God has been so faithful to us here in Nigeria seeing all the wonderful things that he's doing. You know when the pandemic started the first challenge that we had was the kidnap of of our missionaries, you know, one missionary and the, one, the second one was a missionary wife, of which they kidnapped and they demanded a ransom for the missionary, and then they were threatening to kill him. So the missionary really was devastated, and then we kept on praying. Finally, they were asking for five million naira for us to uh, ransom the missionary. Mm-hmm. But with prayers, God just helped. And then finally, it was only 500,000 naira that was paid. And the missionary was released. Mm-hmm. And then for the woman that was kidnapped too, they kept her for a while. We kept on praying and asking people also to join us praying for her. And then at the end of the day, they could not get anything. So finally, they released her. And we thank God that the Lord, you know, uh, brought her back to us, mm. and then we were able to get her in the bush, in one of the bushes, and then she's back to her family now. Mm. And uh, having experienced that, we, you know, we brought them to one of the areas to just encourage them, and then to uh, to keep on trusting in the Lord and depending upon the grace of God that has saved them from the situation. And then after uh, that scene. Uh, and, uh, and within a month and some few weeks, we had several attacks. In the Northeast, we had three of our missionaries that were displaced. They attacked the areas where the missionaries were able to escape. None of them was killed in the Northeast where the Boko Haram were, you know, but they, they burned they some of their houses, and then they burned uh, the church and 
the missionaries, missionaries also were displaced from there and have been receiving encouragement even to keep on trusting in the Lord. And it wasn't long too. Uh, in Kaduna area, we had about eight that we are, the stations were attacked. Several people were killed, but none of the missionaries were killed, even though you know, some of the church members also were killed. But God preserved the lives of the missionaries, and none of them were, were you know, was killed. Now, was that, was, that, was that attacked by... Um, yeah, that's the flying yeah. headsmen. The headsmen. The huh? militants. Okay. Yeah, the Falani herdsmen. Yeah. So okay. that one, they displaced almost, I know, eight of our missionary stations. Mm. And we thank God for using the coordinator. Really, he worked hard in order to bring them out from the bushes back to where the station was to encourage them. And after a while, also, I went to see them myself and to encourage them to keep on trusting in the Lord. And it was not long, we had another attack that two of the missionaries, two were displaced from their places that led to some of them spending two days in the bush, you know, just trying to save themselves from the, uh, the, from the attackers. But finally, we were able to recover them and their families too. So, and now they are with the coordinator trying to settle down and then look forward to the next assignment. And not only that, just about uh, two weeks ago, they attacked another station where they killed the missionary in the front of his children. They first of all shot his son, thinking that the son was dead. They shot him and they matched him, thinking that he was dead. But the father who was still, was not, who was not yet shot, you know, was trying to give it his head to the mission to the son, without knowing that they were just by the door. So, having taken care of the son before he could realize it, they shot him too and they caught him. And then finally, he couldn't survive it. He died in the presence of his children. The wife was able to escape, and she hit herself somewhere, and God preserved her that they didn't see her. And then the other three children, of which they didn't see too. They were also in the house, but they could not see them. So uh, with that, we, you know, look forward. And then the, one of the coordinators had to go into the scene and was able to bring out the son. And one of the members also who was shot and was matched, you know, and then they were, you know, taken to the hospital. And it was unfortunate. Uh, that uh, the hospital, the doctors were uh, on strike, <laughs> that they could not attend to them as it was supposed. But since God still had plans for them, they relocated them back to Joss here, from Zaria to Joss, where in one of the hospitals here, in a mission hospital here, where they, you know, were able to uh, get uh, some treatment. And uh, the son now is recovering and uh, uh, trusting God to return back in two weeks' time if there is a need for operation. But the, wife, the, the other member who was also shot and matched, you know, she is also recovering. And then uh, she just had operation two days ago, you know, and uh, we thank God that her situation also is stable. Mm -hmm. Not only, it, it was not long, 
just about uh, the day before yesterday, they attacked another station and they killed about five uh, members of the church. And the missionary himself was able to escape with his family, of which they didn't kill him. And all these things, they are really as a result of prayers. And we have also been praying, asking God to, you know, to save us just like Paul prayed, you know, to save, you know, him from, you know, that God saved him from pain, seeing Epaphras uh, 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 dying as a result of sickness. But for our own, definitely it has been a burden for God to preserve the missionaries. And really, you know, with uh, many people praying, God has been preserving the missionaries from being killed. But anyway, for the other one that was killed, we had to take the corpse to where he was supposed to be buried. We took him to one of uh, to his uh, village where we had to go under, you know, an escort, military escort to take the corpse for burial. And then the escort, the military escorted us. We went and we buried the corpse and, you know, we came back and the Lord protected us. So, and now with the displacement of the missionaries now, uh, uh, the, uh, all of them are with the coordinators now, and we have tried to help them at least with some food, I stand for now, and then still trusting God to meet some of their needs. Since they lost, you know, their belongings, we are trusting God, you know, to pray and trusting God for the provision. If we can get mattresses for them, that we will use at least so that they will begin life afresh again. And then also, I've been trying to feed them pending the time that you know, they will return back to the field. And one encouraging thing is that they are still willing to return back to the field. Despite all the things that have happened, they are still passionate. Having understood the grace of God, they are still passionate of going back to the field. Wow. So it's been very, very encouraging for me and for all of us here in the management to see them being passionate. And, you know, they just like a, a mother to her children, you know, in all these attacks, they don't want to go out, you know, to leave the members alone. They are believers that are around. They are still feeling, they want to be part of what they are going through. And so with all the attacks, they still want to be with the members. And that is very, very encouraging. And uh, really, we are also uh, encouraged to see them having uh, such kind of grace from God. We know it's a special grace that God is giving to them because taking somebody from the setting where we are to take him there, if he is not really called, he can just resign mm -hmm. and say he mm -hmm. is going back. So, but with all these things, these missionaries are still willing you know, to continue to do what God has called them. And with this thing, it is serving as a great encouragement too to the converts where they are, you know, they are serving to see, you know, them being passionate, you know, like a shepherd with the sheep. So it's very, very encouraging. And with this, we have been praying and trusting God to see how much we can encourage them so that they will continue with the good work. So those are some of the things. So we are trusting God still to meet them, meet them at the point of their needs by providing maybe some greens, bags of greens for them to provide mattresses for them and also to provide some basic things that they will be able to start life all, again, all over again, even as they return back to the field. And not only that, we are also trusting God 
of bringing all of them together for a trauma healing. You know, we are Joshua's wife also is, we are involved, you know, thinking of how we are going to bring all of them with uh, some of their children for trauma healing in, in the next month to come. You know, so you continue to pray with us that God will make the time to be a very wonderful time that they will understand more of the grace message to, you know, to be strengthened to continue with the good work. So those are some of the challenges that really are facing. It's not easy for us too. Every day you will sit down, you hear news here, come in here, come in there, come in there. So, you know, it just takes the grace of God. But we thank God because uh, we believe that um, the Lord is the one that is on the throne. And then he is the commander uh, in, his, in, in his field. We are all servants that we believe that he's not abandoned his children. So it's right. very, very important to see what God is doing. God is still at work. And we are very happy. Seeing people also giving themselves. In fact, the good challenging things is despite all that this thing that's happening, is serving as a challenge for other people to give their lives to Christ. Because of seeing how caring the missionaries are caring and seeing other people who are not even Christian, they are really, really seeing very seeing it as an opportunity and a great testimony in the midst of all these trials and challenges. With these missionaries that you said that they're going to go back to their field. Are they going to go back to the same uh, same area where they where they were previously? I tried to unmute him. Um, the um, <clears throat> we're having a little bit of a technical difficulty. Um, okay. Whenever, whenever one of us speaks and your, your computer seems to be working now is unmuted. Yeah. Uh, we, we okay. were getting, it's playing back through the microphone. Okay. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, go. yeah, so, you know, they, 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 some of them are still willing to go to where they were serving before, but in, or some who uh, know that their community was displaced completely, mm. you know, they would, they are willing to go to a different field. Mm. And, uh, but for those that are still, the community is still there, they are still willing to go. So um, could, you, could you summarize all that for us, uh, Simon? Is it, was it five different attacks? No, it was, yeah, there were more than five. You know, okay. the first attack started in the Northeast, uh -huh. where we, yeah, we, we, they started with the, where the Boko Haram are, yeah. You know, he displaced. And it wasn't long in the same region. Another area was, you know, missionary was attacked. It mm -hmm. was not long. The third one was attacked. Mm -hmm. And then, and then after then, we had in another direction. That is mm -hmm. the Northwest region. We uh -huh. had uh, within a week, eight of them were displaced and were attacked to their, all their stations where they killed a lot of people, yeah. you know, in such areas. Yeah. So, after that too, we had the, la, the, 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 the another one that the missionary was killed and his son, son and one of the members was shot. You know, mm -hmm. even though the two didn't die, the, the lady, the member didn't die and the son of the missionary didn't die. And then the last one is what we had the day, you know, the day for yesterday. 
that mm. another one was attacked. So there were about six attacks. Yeah. yeah, six different locations. Yeah, really. And and so these are these are specific attacks that are targeted on Christians and missionaries. Are they targeting the missionaries? Or are they targeting Christians in general or churches or what are they targeting? Yeah, the you know one one issue the issue is that they are targeting. You know, sometimes they will have the list of people that they were going to attack. Mm -hmm. So and then some like the one that was killed. According to what we had, they listed the names of the people that they were going to eliminate. So the missionary was one of them. Hmm. And then uh, they succeeded in killing him and shooting the son and the other member of the church. But because they started with the missionaries, other people that were in the community were able to run away from the community before they were able to get all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, so, uh, in, uh -huh. in each of these areas, there's, there's got to be local authorities, local governments. Um, are, are these attacks reported to authorities, to military, to the police, or wh what does that look like? Yeah, when it started, they reported, or sometimes even when you report, there will be nothing. It is when everything has taken place before the military will finally arrive in the scene hmm. and uh, uh, when it is already bad hmm. see so but they, they are they keep on going from one place to the other though they continue the attack and sometimes they move in a group you know to do this kind of attack so the missionaries also they will become victims when they attack the community everybody takes to his heel and look you know forward to save his life and um, which is just, it's all just all about God to save a missionary and his family. So sometimes they run, the, the missionary will run towards a different direction, the wife will run, the children will, you know. So it's just very devastating though. Hmm. Uh. Um, so is it the same group of people that are carrying out some of, or some of the attacks? Or is it different groups in different areas? Yeah, the, the headsmen, you know, they are people that are exposed to weapons. They work with weapons, they will come. First of all, they will attack the area. They will loot the area. They will carry what they are able to carry. And uh, for sometimes, if they are able to kill, they kill whosoever they want to kill. Mm -hmm. But is, is, uh, is, the, is the military pursuing these these people at all or yeah sometimes if the military happens to be around when mm -hmm. they they are exchanging you know they are you know they are fighting but most of these attacks takes place in the middle of the night yeah sometimes yeah. one o'clock in the night sometimes 10 o'clock when people are just almost getting to go to bed they will yeah. just attack so it is always in the night mm except for the last one that the attack took place in the morning. Mm. And then, you know, uh, before you know it, at least they were, the community also was, we are trying to defend themselves. And uh, until when it gets too bad, but many people definitely will definitely die since they are facing wow. each other. Yeah. Mm. So that is the situation of which we, we want you to continue to pray for us. We are I'm bringing wondering... all 
I was wondering, uh, you guys as the leaders of the mission, um, so you send these missionaries out to these different locations. Um, I know that when uh, Annette and I went to Thailand as missionaries, um, you know, we had some unbelieving family members who were, you know, some thought what we were doing didn't make sense. Um, some, you know, really questioned why we would go somewhere and be a missionary rather than, you know, trying to get a high paying job in the, in the U.S. Um, I'm curious to know if some of these families, missionary families that have been attacked, have you had extended family members, you know, of theirs in their home areas contacting you and asking you, you know, why would you send them to such a location? Why would you send our family to this location? Have you had any, any kind of, um, you know, any, any families of family members of these families that have been attacked coming back to the, to your leadership? Yeah, um, we have not really have um, families that will come and confront us uh, directly, you know, mm -hmm. because uh, the issue of missions is the issue of calling. And then um, many of them who are becoming missionaries, mm -hmm. normally they settle it with the family. I said, this is a calling. It's a difficult uh, aspect of the calling. Anything can happen. And even during times of orientation, they share with the family. There is that possibility I will go and I will not come back. Mm. So the families, they are aware. Though it's very painful to see somebody going to the war without returning back. It's very, wow. very painful for the family. I believe uh, there was one that was killed a young man that was killed, the family, he told the family, in fact, the mother was a widow and he was telling her, hey, why do you want to, you've not even gotten married. Why do you want to go? He said, no, I've decided to serve the Lord. Even if it will cost me my life, I'm ready to go. And he really went, the last time they met with the mother, he told them, in fact, during the time of crisis, he said he will not leave his members and then he's staying. What is the the, the, what is the reason staying out and then when members are there. So he said he will go. Even if it's going to cost him his life, he will go and remain with them. So he went and it really cost him his life. He was killed. You know, after a week, he was killed in the blood, you know, in the cold blood. He didn't know that they, 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 they were around, the, the jihadists were around his church. So, you know, that evening he went to visit his uh, his, uh, his, his, his secretary, one of his church members, when he was coming back, you know, he didn't know that they have, they have already surrounded his, uh, uh, where he was living. And that was how he was killed. Mm -hmm. So when we took the cops, the mother said, yeah, this is what he said. And he lived onto it. Mm -hmm. And it was very challenging. And you, some of them, even, even during the attacks, they will move together to the hills with the members and when it is daybreak, they return back to the station. And that is how they keep on doing. And you wonder how they are getting such kind of strength and grace, and you know that it's all about God. Mm -hmm. uh, that is really very encouraging. So the members, they know. Because AMS work here, they know that if you have signed to be a missionary, you have signed to give your life, to take up your cross and follow Jesus, even if it's going to cost you your life. So they are there and 
you know, the Lord has been giving them the strength that they need to be in such a situation. What about for you guys, <clears throat> you and Joshua, as um, some of the top leaders of the organization that are responsible for sending these missionaries out to these locations? And when something like this happens to these families, um, no? where, where are you guys at in your hearts with this before the Lord? Please. We didn't get you. Didn't get you. There was an interruption. Yes, there was an interruption. Oh, um, so you, you and Joshua, and, and you have others that are leading the EMS, um, but you guys are the top leaders, and you're the ones that are responsible. You're the ones that are sending these missionaries out and placing them in these locations. And so when, when something like this happens to a family, where, what is that, where are you guys at in your hearts before the Lord on this? What are the things that you guys struggle with that go through your minds that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. When this happened, you know, as a leader, it's just like a shepherd with a sheep. Hmm. It's not always easy, you know, hearing what is happening to the missionaries in the field. Definitely, at times we shed tears, you know, because of what is happening there. I remember when I went the, the last time to see the eight that we had displaced. It was a time that definitely I shed, I shed tears. Why? Because I was putting myself in their place. I said, what if I was the one? Would I be able to also endure? And I understood anyway, God gives everybody grace at the time that he needs it to stand every situation. It's not just about us as individuals, but since it's God's work, you know, we need God's grace to stand every situation. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. But hearing their stories, there is, you know, there is no way sometimes that you will not shed tears with them. You know, just to, you know, to identify yourself with them and feel the way that they are also feeling there. To just encourage them. So here it's not easy for us. Always we are here praying for them. And when we hear news, definitely it's very devastating. None of us is happy hearing what is going on. Maybe Joshua could tell something. Yeah, uh, I think uh, someone has already said it. You know, uh, somebody that is dear to you, when he leaves, you know, is very painful. Or if he's not really comfortable, it's very devastating. Uh, just like the way he has pointed out, virtually on a daily basis, we keep praying for these missionaries. You know, it's not easy, but it's possible with the grace of God. So it's not a good news to hear. And the consolation is, we know even those that are killed, they are killed on the battlefield, and we know where they are going. There's a consolation. Mm -hmm. but, but maybe the family left behind and all of that, you know, is a responsibility. So, but uh, we can't just help them feel grieved, feel disturbed. Uh, these people go in, and then when again the consolation is that you know they, you know where they are going because they died in the this place because of the gospel. You know that God is aware and He's in control. So definitely that separation and human uh, feelings is there. That's just a point, but we never relate even for once keep praying for these people. And we also try to embrace them. You know, by, you know, we embrace them. 
like the one that the, the husband was killed. Now all the, the, the orphans, we have to bring them in uh, to encourage them. We have a school, so we all have to bring them in, those who are not going to school, to see how we'll be able to encourage the children to continue. It will not be too much for them losing their father, then they don't have any future again, even though the future do everything possible to encourage them. And even in the school here, we have over almost uh, 70 orphans that are here that are giving them a place in the school, uh, supporting them and seeing them continue with their education, even the absence of their parents. Hmm. And so where, where does the, uh, the support to support these orphans come from? Anyway, sometimes we share the needs just as we've been sharing. And then, you know, as God touched the hearts of many people, they give was the encouragement of this, uh, those well. mm -hmm. Now, are these all children of uh, missionaries that have been killed on the field? Yeah, some of them are those that they are, you know, their husbands are, were killed. And yeah. some of them, yeah. I, I think all the missionaries who are there, they are those that, their husbands died in the field, hmm. okay? Either through attacks or maybe through sickness or something, but at least they were in the field and they died in the battlefield. You know, uh, we take all the orphans in and we- uh, Now they're being, they're being taken care of there at your headquarters? Yeah, we have this boarding school here in Joss. Uh-huh. Yeah, we have boarding school here in Joss where we have them there. You know, during holidays, some of them stayed with other people and uh, some they like to go, you know, to their back to where their mothers are. Then during uh, school session, we take them back again. Yeah. Wow. You mentioned the, the trauma healing. Yeah. When, after this takes place, part of the process before the missionary would would go back out yeah would be some of the trauma healing uh tell us a little bit about about what what that what's that that's like and what's that about yeah um you know the the trauma healing is a you know is a time that you have all the people who are affected we have all of them and they will share their experiences and their testimonies and how God is able to give them the grace to bear what they have gone through. So hearing from each other will encourage them. And also it's a time that you also take time out of their stressful situation, you know, uh, for them to understand more about what God is doing, because there are some of them that will have a lot of questions to ask why. If God is sovereign, if God is all powerful, why is he allowing this? Because especially the children of the missionaries, they will say, ah, if God is powerful, why did, uh, you know, will God allow our parents to be killed? He is able to protect them. And, and in such time, you know, you, you know, we'll be able to respond with the word of God for them to understand, you know, the, uh, the, you know uh, some things that they may not even understand. But with the sharing, and they will hear from other people and how God have helped them to understand it. 
and also dealing with some issues in their lives that will also help them to come out from their you know, situation because it's a time that they will just be there and they will have time to pray, they will have time to interact with them, share with their burdens, asking them what they need, you know, they want you to be praying, you know, for them or and some challenges that they are facing right away and which of one got to intervene. And it's a time of really sharing. Maybe Joshua can make comments on that. Okay, yeah, I will, I will just add this. Uh, that the way Simon have said, is a process of healing. Uh, definitely, you know, either your father, your mother, or somebody uh, close to you, you see your family member being killed or your children member being killed. Definitely, it leaves like a scar in your, in your mind. So normally, in the end of trauma healing, uh, there's what they call take it to the cross. So in other words, there's bitterness. There may, be, there, there may be having bitterness because of the experience. And some will say, I will never forgive the people that killed my dad or people that displaced us and all of that. So, uh, so during that process, having taken them through the scripture and then point to them how you'll be able to forgive. And definitely, Maybe they will ask, you write whatever you feel is your problem. And so they will write them. And then they will take all of those things to the cross. Actually, they have a symbol of cross. They will take it to the cross and they will be born. Before then, so have created an opportunity for them to understand the importance of forgiveness. So they'll be able to forgive. And so without, if you are offended, and they don't forgive your offender, somehow, somehow you are also affected. You are somehow, you are not at peace at all. So forgiveness, you know, bring healing even to the person that is offended. So uh, it's another, is doing that, they will lead them to that process, be able to forgive. And when the more they forgive their offenders, the more they also have healing on, on, on their own. So it's a process of like depriving them and then, so, and then bringing healing to whatever um, psychologically, emotionally, or whatever aspect they are affected. So it's really very important. Just like to try to debrief the people from the stress they are in and then the bitterness and all of that. And definitely many people in the end, they will repent in tears. Yeah. Just like, okay, you know. Uh, so it's a very, very important. Very important. And true, when they have that trauma healing, they can pick life again. Uh, where they feel like all hope is gone. And when they have it, and they will say, what? We still have hope. And all of that. If Christ has forgiven us, you know, if God has forgiven through the whole of Christ on the cross, why not us and so on? So it's a process of healing uh, in diverse aspects, spiritually, psychologically, and all the way around for life to be big again. Yeah, so it's really important on that. Hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good. So, how, uh, I, was just, I was curious to know how um, these attacks are affecting the churches. I know you said some of them have had to scatter and, and relocate, but in terms of their faith, you know, how, how are you seeing this affect churches? Uh, really, the, as a result of these attacks, people's relationship with God is... Is, is deeper than ever before. You know, you see many people are committed into studying the word of God. 
You see people spending time praying and seeking because it's just like one is living a day at a time now. So anything can happen anytime. So everybody is conscious of the presence of God. Everybody is willing to know more about God and prepare that anything can happen. So that is very, very encouraging. And if it is time for prayer, you see many people coming <laughs> for prayers. If it is time to study the word of God, many people are willing to come for the study of the word of God. Mm. So it is really very encouraging to see what God is doing. God used different ways to draw us closer to him. Yeah. And we are seeing that happening in this time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to... That, that is just so foreign, I think, to American Christians. You know, we just, it's, it's so easy um, to be a Christian in America. You know, there's just no, there's no stress and persecution and pressure and uh, like the Christians there are, are, you know, having to live under. And um, that's, uh, I just think that's a, that whole concept of, of living just one day at a time because you don't know if you might be attacked tonight, you might not be living tomorrow. Um, yeah. And just the effect that that would have on your view of God and your trust in God and your faith. And, you know, it's just something that's a dynamic that we, 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 we don't experience here. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to just to add to what Simon have said. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, it is during this time of persecution, I, I see the history of the church at work. Uh, when you look at the history of the church, uh, persecution make the church stronger. And, and I see that reality back here in Nigeria, uh, that instead of, okay, people are being persecuted, instead of people to become cold or to draw back, but people are more committed. You know, so I don't want, maybe we know wrong to say the persecution is doing the church good. It's making people to be conscious of tomorrow and to be prepared all the time. You know, what, what, what uh, the Islam is doing here, um, initially try to kill Christians and they may be born churches, but they have stayed even further, like destroying their farms, destroying everything that belongs to us. So the, the, their, their motive is that they want to wipe away when they, they, they cripple all our resources will be, will be as poor as anything and they will have no choice than now to bow to, to their religion. But the, the, the more this thing is happening, the stronger the church is becoming. The more the persecution, the more committed people are. You know, so... Is, is really alarming. I can say maybe this is a good part of persecution uh, that even nominal Christian, people that are not like, they are not serious with their God, becoming serious. You know, so that because you don't know, maybe you are torn, maybe you go out, you will not come back tomorrow. Or if you, are, if, you are, or if you are in your house, and then you can be attacked. So for that reason, everybody sit up, everybody, you know, get closer to God, and, and, and then commitment, more commitment, we see more commitment. So, um, I see the history of the church, you know, coming to play, even in this critical time, whereby uh, intense persecution, intense attacks all the time. And so, but people are more committed to God, you know. So it's, uh, instead of us to shrink back, instead of people to grow, just like what Simon have said, they have said, can you imagine a community is displaced and missionaries still want to go? 
Mm. Uh, you are attacking this community, maybe your community displays, you want to go to another place. Uh, it takes it takes real commitment. It takes really the burden for people to really do that. Instead of saying, oh, I will not go again. But the city will never relent to go. So it's really yeah. good at work. And another well, thing. Takes, uh, not only does it take commitment, but it takes a different set of values. You know, mm -hmm. You don't you don't value the things of this life. You you're you know sure. it's like Colossians three, you know if you're raised in Christ and seated in Christ at God's right hand, then set your mind on things above and not on the things of this earth. And and that's it sounds like that's where these these folks are at. They've set their minds on the things of above and not the things of the earth. Yeah. And and to add to that, even Scott, you know you see that people are no more. Uh, the issue of materialism now is declining mm. because you don't <laughs> now you, you 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 have your house and then you just in a day they will put it pull it down mm. and burn it down or you have your car or you have anything of yours they will just one day they will just you will just lost everything so mm. people are no more you know a lot of people now are not more so much depending on material things as you know as before because mm. material things down is is not there's not too you know something that people are so much uh, or crazy about because life is the most important thing now so yeah. everybody mm -hmm. is just wanting to survive whether with nothing at least for you to survive so that yeah. is how critical the situation is because in a day you just you can lose you can lose everything that you ever I know gathered in life so uh, you know things are not materialism the spirit of materialism now is dying down because people are no more committed to say oh this is what i own and you are proud of it no now you cannot do that right yeah and the reality is 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 that you know whether whether you have nothing you know whether everything you you have has been taken away or you live in a mansion and have all wealth and, and, you know, and, and things, our hope isn't in this life, you know, yeah. regardless of our, of our situation. And, yeah. you know, in John 14, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And, and in Corinthians, it says that this place that, you know, it's being prepared for us. It says, I has never seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it ever entered the heart of man, what it's like. You know, that, and, and this is, you know, these folks that, that are having everything taken away, these folks that are, you know, after being attacked, you know, want to go to another location, you know, that's where they're headed. They're headed to this place that Jesus is preparing for them that, you know, that is going to be so wonderful that it has never entered the heart of any you know, from the day of Pentecost until now, just think of how many Christians have sat and contemplated, what is heaven going to be like? Yeah. And, and yet it has never entered the heart of man, how wonderful it's going to be. And, you know, and so in that light, whether you have nothing or you have everything in this life, it's all, it's all dung compared to the place that he has for us and where we're headed. And, that's just a great testimony. Yeah. And it's, it's good. And you know, there's a, a situation, you know, the David's situation always come to heart in, the, in, in, in this uh, 
uh, uh, trying period. You know, the story of David when he, he went to war and he came back and his family and all other things, you know, all everybody was taken away. You know, the, the Bible said that David comforted himself in the Lord. I think that is what is really happening. And that is the source of our comfort. Sometimes you hear all these things, you just comfort yourself in the Lord and ask God, God to keep us and strengthen us to keep on going. Amen. Yeah. So, uh, Joshua, uh, the other week on our um, global meeting, you were, you know, in, in every other country in the world, um, COVID is kind of the main crisis that's hitting and has their, you know, people in an uproar. Um, but you were sharing. Hmm, we lost them. <laughs> uh, well let's uh let's see looks like they're yeah so we got uh simon okay. and joshua back so joshua i was saying um uh the other week in our uh global conference you were you know, in, in all these other countries where COVID is, you know, is the main focus and, you know, the, the, the terrible, the worst thing that's happening in societies um, for you in a place where, you know, Christians and missionaries are, are being attacked and, and massacred. Um, COVID is actually, you were sharing with us how COVID has actually been a blessing. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so tell us about that. Tell us how, how God's been using it in your context. Okay, uh, thank you. As I was saying, um, uh, this pandemic is turning to be a blessing to us and, and Avenue for ministry. Um, I said all that time, we relocated to a new uh, location. And then in that new location, God on his own, uh, divine arrangement began to gather the people within the neighborhood where we live. And then this thing started during Easter. And it started through a neighbor, and then the neighbor said, it would be good if we can have uh, an Easter Sunday meeting in my house. So mm -hmm. I, I accepted the idea, and then before I know it, on their own, they began to inform people all over the neighborhood and then they turn up for service. And then, so for that service, of course, I preach during the service. So seeing that Easter period uh, up to last two Sundays, we have been meeting in our house, the, the neighborhood. We meet every Sunday uh, for Sunday service and then uh, for Bible studies on Monday and then for a prayer meeting on Wednesday. That has been the trend of things right from the onset. Hmm. And all of these meetings, uh, I have been preaching. I've become a pastor. <laughs> I've become a pastor, you know. And then, of course, uh, it's an avenue for me to embark on a grace message. And so during that, as I embark on a grace message, it came as a new thing to many of them. And then people began to testify. Began to testify. In fact, people are saying, our coming to that location is a blessing. Mm. 
a woman said, if we didn't come to this location, she, she doesn't know what is going to happen with her life. Uh, that our coming to that location has really helped them as a family. So you hear a lot of testimony. And some people are saying, look, you are, you are teaching, your approach to the Bible is quite different. In fact, a woman also asked and said, why is it that your teaching is different? And then because she had many people, even her pastor preached, but she has not had it this way. The way I teach the word of God with clarity and all of that. So many, many, many families and many people, you know, are attending this. And, you know, the amazing thing is this. In our first meeting, we started with different denominations, not only equal as a denomination. In fact, even people from the Pentecostal. It's very, it's very amazing. <laughs> and then hearing a, a, a person with, from a Pentecostal background testifying, uh, you know, how the meeting is very enriching. So as we continue, actually, as we continue, when Pentecostal actually, they, they, they were no longer coming. But not only Equa, other denominations and other churches are coming. And so it is a real opportunity whereby, you know, we didn't organize it, but God organized it for us. And then whereby we begin to unveil the truth from the word of God. And then people are getting enlightened. People are getting transformed. We hear that testimony separately, how it is a different teaching, how it is an eye opening, an eye opener today. And then so it become a blessing. So what happened is, because of the transformation and what God is doing, some of these people now began to testify to the pastor of the local church, the equal local church where, where the, the location where we are. And so when they testified to him and said, well, this is just a different thing. Our, our meeting is just amazing blessings. In fact, the pastor had to come, he visited us. And then so when he visited us, and then he just, what he saw was amazing. And then, so the man now said, yes, look, he will, he will, he will love me to extend that similar teaching to, because he came and said to me before visiting, he said, ah, what, what kind of thing we are doing in, in my house that people are testifying and they're so interested. So he's coming to really see what we are doing. And so he did came and the day he came, it was just amazing as well. And uh, so afterward, uh, he said to me, so honestly, he will love because he's a single pastor. He doesn't have an assistant. And so the, the, the church has two sections, the English section and then the house section. And he said to me, he will, he will love me if I can assist in the English section, you know, so then I can continue with that message we are, uh, I'm, I'm teaching. And then he also said to me, like last Sunday, I preached in the two sections, I preached in the English section and then in the house section. And then so, uh, uh, you know, it all started from our house, which God himself organized it. And of course, glory to God because of the pandemic. <laughs> that block people that they will no longer go out, will no longer have no mature service. And so the church is divided to sell and all of that. And then you see, even the church I'm talking about now, we have not even declared our membership, but God has gone ahead of us to begin to open the door for, for, for that. Because if we are to meet, maybe they're supposed to meet in the house of a member, but they say, no, they will come to our place. Actually, where we live now is belong to EMS, our mission department, but it's a very large compound. With a lot of space, so we, you know, we are doing a lot of a lot of thing there. Not only the Sunday service, but we have Bible studies. I don't have a prayer meeting, 
And all of these programs, of course, I coordinate them. So it's an avenue to, to, for the grace message, which of course people are taking it with a very, with a, in, a, in a new perspective. So it's bringing our transformation of lives as we hear a lot of testimony, as people are testifying. So honestly, uh, to me, the pandemic brought about this. Uh, even though because of the pandemic, they will not have the opportunity to, do it, you know, to have the people like this to affect their lives. And then apart from the collective meeting, we are meeting in church. Families are also on their own meeting us for one challenge or the other on, for counseling basis, which of course is an opportunity. I was also saying how God led me to a family. They are on their 30th year of years of marriage now. But the family was falling apart. The family was falling apart, and then the wife, the wife said, the wife met me, and then she said she can't understand her husband any longer. That the man is changing, it's not the gentleman she used to know before. So because of that, I I started following up the family. Um, we are just, just 19 years married, but they are 30 years already. So when you talk about experience, there should be more than us in experience. But God opened that opportunity, and so I started talking with the family you know, counseling them and then playing together. And then one of their child, their son, was, was wayward. He was wayward mm -hmm. and then the father was almost like cursing the boy. And so, and he said he get, he's tired. In fact, a time came, the, the, the boy was fighting her with his father, which is not really uh, normal. So as the Lord we have it, through our constant visit with them and then encouragement, the boy, um, like a week ago or so, I can't remember the date. Okay, last Sunday, uh, Sunday before last, not this Sunday, Sunday before last, when I went and then I had a time to talk with the boy and the boy now began to confess many things. He was doing that, the parent don't, the parent don't even know. And then, so I led him through the world and then he repented. He repented and then, and then he said, so I said, okay, since you have repented, reconcile with God, it will be good for you to reconcile with your parents too. And so we went back to the parents now, the larger body, and everybody in the family, his siblings were there, his father and his mother were there. And then the guy, I told how we had a good time with him and then he would like to talk to the parents. But the boy, when he opened his mouth, he started crying. He cried bitterly, regretting how he messed up his life and how he has been disobedient to his parents, he had been arrogant, and then that led him to involve himself to many things that he was doing that's not really good. He cried, he cried, he can't even talk. And so the parents now have to now, uh, you know, calm him down. So graciously, he spoke out graciously and repented. Hmm. And so when he repented, it was a real reconciliation for the family. Uh, in fact, when the boy was crying, I didn't know when I started crying also, tears began to, because I was just like overwhelmed with joy how this, the boy that was almost written off and then has come back to his senses. So tears began to go out of my chest also, so, <laughs> you know, so. But to me, it is very, very amazing. Number one, this is a couple 30 years in marriage, so they should have experience. But life along the line, the devil enter the family, mm -hmm. and they began to fall apart, you know. So, but, you know, the, the father, the mother, and then the children, there was a, a repentance, a rec reconciliation. And God has brought the family back. And, and so this young boy now, He's my intimate friend because I have to, I kept on following him up. So it is just amazing. Grace, uh, you no know, thank to God for this lockdown that has, 
has mm. opened this opportunity. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I, I can't just explain the way the, the, the whole scenario went. And the Lord just did marvelous things. In mm. fact, in fact, the, the, the mother-in-law of the, the, of the papa of that house has been living with them. And so the, the man said the, the, the mother was going. His mother-in-law was living. And so, but during that reconciliatory process, he said, no, you know, whatever his wife wants, that's what they are going to do. So they, they are no longer taking that, <laughs> taking wow. that grandma away. She's going to stay with them. So God brought a powerful healing in that family. And which, of course, we, we still keep them in contact. Uh, mm. to in contact with them, uh, you know, for counseling, and then especially the young boy. And that young boy, you see, he started smoking. Mm. The parent didn't know. He started taking beer. The parent didn't know. In fact, he was being led to 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 to, to John Court. The parent didn't know. You know. So you know, during that prayer, he renounced all of those things, and then he set free. You want to see how the family look happy now than the way they were before. So it's also another avenue uh, God opened up for us to do ministry. Uh, and, and, and then I was also saying about how opportunity came to Melissa uh, to be able to have, we had a trauma healing for these sickle cell uh, children, mm -hmm. 42 of them, 42 of them, and then for, for, uh, in five different locations because we can't gather all of them because of the this the pandemic, social distance. So we divided them into five different groups, uh, and then 42. We started with 42, but along the line we we feeling with 38. I think so. Five of them or so got healed along the line. But the joy is that this and these are the people that we have never had with them. You know, we have had several with others, but that will tell us how many people are just suffering from this. And so God. Open a, an avenue, and then, in fact, of course, we fed these children, and then, and then even transported them. And God provided the resources through uh, another ministry that just stepped up to, to, to sponsor this. And then, after that uh, trauma healing, another boy of 27 years, and then he's also a sigla. So the boy was almost dying. So I don't know how he got Melissa's number, and then he called Melissa, and then bleeding for his suffering and all of that. And so God intervened uh, during the lockdown. Well, though we are in the lockdown here, but if you are going to hospital, yeah. you, you can be allowed to go. So Melissa just picked the, the car and then went to the location where that boy was and then picked him to the hospital. Meanwhile, the boy had been suffering for long and then his father is late. He's a widow, he, you know, he's living, he's an orphan, living with his mama, who's a widow. And then last year, they were uh, referred to a hospital where they were charged 1.8 million for the treatment of that boy. And so that boy, the, the mama doesn't have the money. The family house they have, the mama put in a market to sell because so that they can realize money to treat this boy. So, but no buyer has come yet. And uh, so we step into this matter. So when we step in, it was really risky. We don't know them. And then, but we risked and took the boy to hospital. And so when we took the boy to hospital, God raised two medical personnel in the hospital where we took him. And on those medical personnel, one of them said they should build the boy on her car. So they started the treatment. They did blood transfusion to the boy, and then and they started all that treatment. And so Melissa just put the case on a WhatsApp group. They have a group uh, of women on bedding knee, 
And so when they put, when she put it, the case on the WhatsApp group, and then people pick up Chalene. People pick up Chalene and began to donate. And so they began to donate, they began to donate, they began to donate. And then, so for the bill, for the medical bill of that boy. So, and, and, and so they treated the boy and the boy was discharged. Now, remember a medical personnel, they, they were charging on their medical personnel account. But another person, neutral person, paid the bill. The whole bill of that boy in the hospital. Wow. You know, oh, pay the whole bill, yes, yes. And so the, the two medical personnel that opted for it, you know, their money was not even touched. So another a neutral person paid the bill. And then those group that also paid the bill donated money for the treatment of the boy. So 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 when when seeing another person pay the bill for the boy, and then Melissa communicated to the to the group and they said, so if that's the case, just give the money to the boy for his upkeep order. And that's what that's what we did. So what we did was Melissa didn't give the money at once, but went he said when they are going back to her checkup, she give them the money. She give them money. so and that boy recovered. The boy that was almost dying. And so God just put smile in, in the in the in the face of that the widow and then 27 years old boy and he recovered and he was discharged. It's just amazing. God opened an avenue uh, to be able to minister to this family that way. So it's really amazing. Really amazing. And uh, and of course we did, see, see. Did you say the boy was seven years old? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. He's an adult. <laughs> oh, twenty-seven. Uh, wow. Twenty-seven years old. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yes. And then our joy is God kept the boy because since last year his body was already swollen. Mm -hmm. Already, already. In fact, when we took him to the hospital, they said if this boy could have stayed a little longer, he would die. Mm. He, yes, he would die. He was deeply wow. infected. But with blood transfusion and with proper treatment, the boy recovered completely and they were discharged. Mm. You know, yes, it's, it's, it's really, yeah, amen, amen. Mm. It's really opportunity. In fact, the, the widow cannot just count enough. She kept it, you know, you know, so it's good that you're just doing uh, this. No, the ministry started because of our experience, but mm. we didn't know that God is going to enlarge it this way. Yeah. Yes, we didn't know God is going to enlarge it this way. And many people are just, uh, you know, just getting in touch. And I told you the other time that even Muslim, when we're having programs, like even Muslim will attend, which is on a normal ground, mm. you know, you hardly get them. Mm. But, but they will attend and then, and then to attend, uh, listen to the end. And of course, the trauma healing is biblical. You know, we take the Bible, not only give them a story, take the Bible, you know, and they, they are willing to follow up. So it's really an avenue for ministry as well. We see God at work in that. Honestly, oh, yes. that's wonderful. Yeah, sure. That's a great testimony. What you guys are saying is reminding me of, of what uh, what Paul says in Romans 5. First few verses there, it says, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. So because of, you know, because of people understanding the grace of God and being able to rest in his grace, they're able to exalt, they exalt in the hope of God. And not only this, but we exalt in our tribulations. Mm. Knowing that the tribulations brings about perseverance, perseverance, proving character. 
and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's just, you know, what you guys are, are talking about and what you guys are, are sharing is exactly, you know, real life testimonies of people, you know, in your area there in Nigeria that are, are resting in the grace of God in the middle of difficulty. But the difficulty actually is big. God's turned in and turning it into a good thing and they're exalting in the hope and the glory of God in the middle of a difficult circumstance. Yeah. I was also, it was an opportunity also uh, at the result of the lockdown, at the result of the lockdown, Equa TV had to embark online, church online, yeah. church online, whereby messages are, are preached and then it is aired. Uh, so some people are not going to churches, uh, to their churches at normal meeting. They can watch through the television. And so I was also have an opportunity uh, to do the church online program uh, on in French, in French, um, which of course, uh, actually since normalcy has returned, is no longer continuing, but for past four Sundays, I had opportunity to do the church online in French, and which of course mm -hmm. they, they they put it even on YouTube where people can uh, yeah, follow up. Yes, can assess it. And then it, it just like job, I receive a lot of you know calls, a lot of messages, you know, attesting how good it really has been ministering to them uh, in the francophone country where French is on the lockdown. It's because of the pandemic that this church online came up. So uh, it was an opportunity also. Uh, yeah, it was an opportunity also to also uh, declare God. You know, God has already promised us whatever opportunity we have. It's the grace. It's yeah. the grace. It's the grace we present. Mm. You know, it's really an opportunity. Amen. So are you, are you also still teaching Knowing God online on uh, Equa TV? Yeah. yeah, sure, sure. Um, when God is continuing the Equa TV yeah. in class and cities now, um, we just talk with them. We are, I think it should be finishing anytime, maybe in uh, in a month's time. I think it should get done or so. When God is still going on, I've um, responses I'm receiving. I've told you, I think, other time where people have said. People will call and say, "Yes, I want, I want to accept Jesus." You know, uh, it's it's really, it's really amazing. But we see God, God is the one doing it. People will say, "I never knew God before," mm. but through the knowing God lesson, is now understand that I know God. Mm. You know, so the perspective of people know the way God operates. Like, okay, uh, you know, when God, when I, when I'm good, then God will love me until I. Uh, Right. Uh, you know, like by works, you yeah. know. So, but it's really opening people's eyes. Mm. And so you hear testimony about, as I said, people call and say, I want to accept Christ. I didn't know God. How can you teach me to know God more? And so some wow. people wow. discipling discipling them online, mm. you know. So it's a lot of that you hear that. You hear that. In fact, there is a lady uh, that said, some like she she felt sick and then when she gets sick and then she will faint, mm. she will faint, 
And then so she, when she followed up the program and she said, um, she called and said, and she shared her challenge with me and then I encouraged her to the world. We kept encouraging her and then I prayed with her. The amazing testimony I received from her, she said, all the experiences you used to have before, she no longer have them. Mm. That God had just changed the situation. She, she, she has never fainted again. She, all these bad experiences she used to have, she no longer have them again. You see, this God at work. Wow. This God at work. So she was full of praises and said, God is just doing amazing things. And life is no longer the same. God is just changing. And God has extended to her family. So it's really amazing. It's a real thing that God is doing. Which, of course, we are not capable on our own country. We just see God at work at doing that. So, honestly, it's amazing testimony. Amazing testimony. Yes, of changed lives, of testimony. In fact, some saying they want to know God the way I know God. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. We hear that. Some will say, we want to be like you. But I told them it's not magic. It's not a matter of taking, giving your time to God and then studying his word. Of course, we can't know God outside his word. When you give yourself to the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's not automatic. It's, it's sacrifice in the gradual process. Yeah. And so, um, it's just, we are thankful to God. There's a story of, uh, of this college student went into this uh, professor's um, office and uh, told him, Professor, I, I just... I just really want to know God the way that you know God. I just feel <laughs> like I just don't know God. And uh, yeah. and the professor said, okay, well, let's pray. And so they bowed their head. <laughs> the professor started praying, Lord, I pray that uh, uh, the student, whatever his name is, I, I just, I pray for him and his family. And I, I pray that you will... <laughs> Uh, just bring about uh, separation in their family. And I, I pray that you'll let his house burn down. And I pray that you'll let, you know, and he started listing off these crises, you know, that he's been through in his life. And, and the student stopped him and said, wait, well, what, what are you praying? And he's like, well, how do you think I came to know God? Does it? Yeah. Yeah. The Lord is doing great things, really. Even now, you see that the family ties is, mm -hmm. is more than ever before. Sure. <laughs> because of the uh, pandemic, people are able to live with their families mm. and study the word of God together mm. and living together. There are people who are learning how to live as a family, <laughs> especially here. Mm. Yeah, the people are learning how to live as family. Yeah. But before it was not so. Everybody just is busy doing his own thing. But now at least uh, families are living together. They are learning to know the word of God together. And they are living also with the children together, studying the word of God. So it's very, very encouraging and very enriching seeing how God is using this thing. You know, and uh, it's encouraging before, you know, the people were finding it even difficult to go to church Sunday. But since the time of the <laughs> pandemic, at least every day, we have more churches than ever before. Mm -hmm. There's different cells, you know, different cells. You hear people here, group here, group there, and really studying the word of God and praying together. So God is really pulling the church together to understand that 
the church is beyond words, and people are living, really living to depend upon God and trust Him to lead a day at a time. So it's very encouraging. It's very encouraging. What do we see? Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. a great word. Well, we've taken up a lot of your time. It's, Thank uh, you. It's always really encouraging to talk to you guys and uh, hear what God is doing in and through you and you, you and your wives, your families are very near and dear to our hearts here at FBC. And um, we will, we will all continue to be praying for you. You know, Simon, your original email uh, sharing with us the, the prayer request for the families, you know, we, yeah. we sent out to the body and, uh, so many, many here have been praying, praying for those families and praying you. for you all and your efforts to help them heal and, uh, help restore them. And, um, and so it's, uh, it's, it's great to have you guys on today and, and to be able to get this update and, you know, hear these very relevant prayer requests. Good to be with you guys. I'm, I know that everybody listening on the podcast is also, you know, thankful to be able to, to get this update and be, to, be together during this time. Yeah. Yeah, please. Uh, uh, let me just say this concerning uh, God is doing a great thing here in Nigeria, especially the homestead of the president, the state where he's coming from. Uh, there's real confusion. Uh, there is a series of attacks by bandit and all of that. So the people in the in, the, in his homestead are even hating him. Mm. They, are, they are very, very angry with him. And mm. we want to say perhaps God is, uh, God, because even with all of this, he's adamant. He's not doing mm. enough to ensure that these things is brought to an end. Mm. So, and then God now, his homestead is being visited. Mm. Many people have been killed in his homestead. Wow. So they are even agitating that they don't want him. Mm. They don't want him in the power. So I see God bringing confusion so mm. that perhaps he may, he may draw his attention mm. uh, to taking it serious. Mm. You know, some people, even some Nigerians are saying, if Fulani Hesme and Boko Haram, all these bandits have been taken serious, the way coronavirus is taken serious, mm. I think this thing will no longer exist. Yeah. Yes. Because people are locked down, people are confined. But you see, mm. even in the lockdown, these attacks is being carried on. Right. And so people are saying, if this uh, Boko Haram and Filani Hesman is taking serious, the way coronavirus is taking serious, I think they will have this people away. And so now God now has visited his, I don't, I don't know whether it is God, but, 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 but his homestead is visited. <laughs> so his homestead is in crisis. Yeah. So, so, and then his attention is being drawn. So we don't know whether God is doing this so that, look, the government will also sit up. And then our prayer is, look, if this man will not do anything, then God should, should know what to do with him. So that, is, you know, so please, we, we need to pray that yeah. whatever lesson God wants us to learn from that, seeing his home, the homestead of the president is being attacked now. Talk. Hmm. We don't know what lesson God is teaching us from there. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, and then uh, you, yeah, you, you continue to pray. I believe uh, this time we have more people come into the saving knowledge of the Amen. Lord because mm. of what is happening. You know, the challenges, you know, the challenges that people are going through now, people are looking for solution to their situation. And many 
are encountering Christ. So you continue to pray for us that many people will come to the saving knowledge of the Lord. Mm. And uh, people really will need Christ. And then uh, leave their goal will continue to mm. touch the lives of many people and reveal himself at this time. Many people will come to the saving knowledge. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, so um, thank you for sharing that. And um, and uh want to thank our listeners for tuning in to this episode and uh, um, just really encourage us all to, as a body, to really hold Simon and Ruth and Joshua and Melissa and their families and their ministry and, and uh, just EMS, just a huge organization of missionaries being sent across Nigeria and Africa and and uh, just continue to hold them up before the throne of grace that uh, God will protect them and continue to use them to bring many, many uh, into his kingdom. And uh, God bless you guys. And thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you. you so much, Bonji. Thank you.